Welcome to Looking for the Ocean, where we talk about everything Pixar has ever made and what that means to us. I'm Dean Vincent, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Young, and with us today is Christmas! It's Christmas. a Christmas special! Dad. It's holiday time! Yeah, it's holiday time, you're right. Uh, you know, I had a thought at the end of the special, and I'm going to give this thought up and explain what exactly we watched, that... Buzz okay. goes, Happy Holiday, Sans, and I realized I should have spent the entire time tracking if they ever used the word Christmas in the special. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I he said that, about... I was like, did they ever say Christmas? Yeah. This short is kind of like just being in New York because, like, obviously you would just wish people Happy Holidays everywhere, but it is so Christmas-coded. I feel like even being, like... In, in the Midwest or someplace that's you'd think is being like, oh, it's more conservative, and then everyone's like, pro-Christmas. No, nowhere is more Christmas to me than being in New York. Yeah, they don't have a giant holiday menorah, do they? Well, they do have a, they actually do have a lot of giant holiday menorahs. It's just oh. that the Christmas stuff is much larger and is everywhere. And in every, like, office building you go into, they'll have in the lobby, they'll have, like, a giant Christmas tree with gifts and then, like, a menorah off to the side. But I also, I don't think that, I don't think that Hanukkah is, like, the biggest deal in the world. It just kind of happens around the same time. Hanukkah is the thing that's always in Christmas specials. Be like, oh, yes, there's one character who does Hanukkah, you know? Yeah. Remember, everyone. But... Yeah, you may have guessed that we're here to talk about a Christmas special. I don't know why that is my transition for this, but we're talking about the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command Christmas episode titled Holiday Time. And Danny, do you have any facts about this episode? I also watched the Chub Chub Save Xmas, but I'm realizing now that I I did too. Okay, cool. So that's a little bonus at the end conversation. Okay, but it will... Maybe it'll be in the episode title, maybe it won't be. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I guess we have to, because I guess you wanted to have it in because the Chub Chubs is our highest performing episode. Yes. So it's like, we gotta bring the them Chub back. Chub Chubs save holiday time. Yeah, but I didn't think you were like a big Chub Chubs fan, so I was a little bit like, I don't know, uh, what, what, uh, what's your what's your interest in bringing the Chub Chubs back? Uh, just because, you know, we literally said in the Chub Chubs, like, maybe we'll talk about the Chub Chubs save X-Mix at Christmas. And I think it's okay. funny that neither of these things mention Christmas. Although, maybe holiday time does. As I said, as soon as it ended and Buzz was like, Happy Holidays, Santa. I was like, alright, I shouldn't have been paying attention more to these are the words. I Christmas. think that Xmas counts. Xmas counts as It's literally Christmas. Xing the Christ out of Christmas, Mark. Yes, that's literally what that is. Anyway, holiday time. Holiday time. I have no fun facts about holiday time. All the fun facts. You have on no the fun Buzz, facts. On the Buzz Lightyear wiki is just like uh, uh, I have it's a revealed fun fact. some of the LGMs where it's like plot shit. Uh, and then also oh, yeah, all the trivia is just shit from the plot. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the Delgo fan wiki because <laughs> Delgo was mentioned in our last episode and the Delgo wiki is like kind of like vandalized by racism great it's it's not great yeah well it's i don't know it just kind of made me think like it's pretty wacky that you know even though a lot of these things aren't wikipedia which is pretty heavily monitored like most of them are just kind of mediocre but they're not actually racist so that was surprising to see from delgo um 
But well, I have a fun fact that this, I mean, maybe we talked about this in the original Buzz Lightyear, but like all of this was directed by Victor Cook, who was the guy that um, like developed the spectacular Spider-Man um, with Greg Wiseman, the guy yes. that made Gargoyles. Yeah. And then the so, producers on this were the people who went on to make Kim Possible. Yeah. Mark McCorkle and Which, Bob Schooley. Yeah, which I think we probably mentioned in the yes. previous episode. So now we should talk about holiday things. We should talk about how this, or, you know, how this is as a Christmas special. And and Danny, I assume that you have some thoughts about well, is this a good Christmas episode? I or first not? have a tangent we must go on, which okay. is um, I think there's a very clear highlight of this episode, and it's when we get this random Matrix inspired action sequence that lasts like three or four minutes which is really cool and yeah, like just baller it <laughs> uh, and it's mm. like oh dang because I you know I haven't rewatched this since I was a kid I kind of just assumed it was like a comedy show but no I'm watching it was like oh okay no this is like a cool show like yes it's a cheesy mm. plot about Santa but it's a Christmas special so who cares but in this case it's yeah. like whoa like uh, Buzz it's like very clearly referencing the Matrix tons of bullet time going on here but you get that Matrix soundtrack, and then I got the thing, you know, what the greatest Christmas present of the last few years was? What? The Matrix Resurrections two years ago. Oh, did that come out around Christmas? Yeah, it was a Christmas movie. came out the same time as oh. Spider-Man No Way Home, which is part of the reason why it bombed. Uh, I don't know if... I that... mean, it would have bombed anyway, let me be clear. It would have yeah. bombed regardless. Yeah. Uh, but... but... Yeah. Indeed, another great Christmas present. I like doing like actiony things around Christmas time. I'm really not a big Christmas movie guy. Oh, I am. So, oh wait, so you, you mean going to the movies at Christmas, or do you mean like? Uh, well, I'm not. Christmas I don't movies. go to the movies at Christmas. I don't. I don't really get why you enjoy so much like going to a crowded theater to watch a movie anyway. Look, Little but, Woman at Christmas was wonderful. Why? Did people go, oh. It was a sold-out crowd, and I just remember both my brothers leaning over to me uh, pretty much right after each other going, is that Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, I let's be real. Like, like, you know. A sold-out crowd for, like, it's really funny. It's a sold-out crowd for a Greta Gerwig movie, then I stopped for a second and thought about it. Uh, <laughs> but a sold-out mm. crowd for uh, Little Women, like, in middle of, not middle of nowhere, but, like, Cleveland suburbs, Ohio... Uh, pretty pretty solid mm-hmm. time, you know. Like, and we all yeah. went out for it. My aunts, my parents, we all just sat there mm-hmm. and watched Little Women. There was that specifically. Have you ever like watched a movie on these Christmas outings that you feel like changed you personally? Like, well, do you ever go see those kinds of movies, or is it more well, like the experience? And it could be any movie that you see. Well, let's look up the every Christmas, Christmas movie that you've seen. Yes, I have a letterbox list for it. I can just quickly pull up the list. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't like going out in... I mean, I don't love going out to the big crowds anyway. Um, I mean, well, I do, I do say that I like going out and hearing people's reactions, but it's just not something that I seek out in the way that you do every year. I think that my Christmas movie thing might be going out to see the holdovers on five dollar wednesday at the small local theater because i've heard everyone say that it's amazing r.i.p the you know. r.i.p the wonka dream danny keeps pushing for the wonka dream 
I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to see Wonka. I can't, you know, none of you will ever know this unless we say it, but Danny was like, we could do the Chicken Run sequel or Wonka for our New Year's episode, which is the first time I think we've ever talked about that. Like, he's trying to slide that in there, and I'm like, I don't think I will ever see Wonka. It's just so funny, because Mark is a much bigger fan of the Paddington movies than I am. Um, That's not even the case. I've seen all of them once, and I enjoy them. But, it's, I don't know, it's not something, it's again, it's like not something that's going to change my life, you know. It's going to help. you found your, hmm? What? Uh, I was going to say, it's going to be more successful as an episode. No one knows Chicken Run 2 exists. Well, that's, uh, uh, I guess that's something to think about. What if, what if we just did Avatar 2 again? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you see the holdovers, like, you see the episode on the holdovers, and like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Well, everyone loves the holdovers, even people like, on both really sides. There's no way to connect the holdovers to this podcast, though. Wonka's at least like, well, Paddington. Well, that would that would be my actual dream is doing something unrelated, and we just talk about the Departed for an episode. But anyway, anyway, the movies I've you... seen at Christmas were since 2012. Didn't miss a single year. You ready for this? Yes. Les Misérables, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Into the Woods, Joy, the David O. Russell film, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, All the Money in the World, Mary Poppins Returns, Little Women, Wonder Woman 1984, which we did find a way to see in the theater, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and The Fablemans. What will be this year? I'm pulling for the wonks, but we'll see. Hmm. So, they're all kind of like family-friendly blockbusters. I mean, is Joy a blockbuster? And all the money in the world is rated R. Yeah, but, I mean, but they're... You know what I mean? Like, maybe the word blockbuster doesn't really make sense, but just kind of like... These are adult films, but they're not, like, really adult films. They're just films about adults. So you're saying I wouldn't go see Poor Things this year? Uh, no, I don't, I mean, I don't think you'd go see Poor Things. I saw Poor Things. Unless you wanted to, but what if we talked about Poor Things? Anyway. No one wants to have me talk about Yorgos Lanthimos for an hour, because I don't like him. You don't like Yorgos Lanthimos? Yeah, so someone who hasn't seen Killing a Sacred Deer. Well, let me, I I was very, very proud of a line I put in my Poor Things review. Let me, let me find the line. I, I, I wrote the review last night like I do, but I waited for today to publish it. And I came up with this line Mm. this morning, I was like, ooh, I need to put that in. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos is a provocateur that features who features very little thought-provoking elements in his films. That's oh. basically my whole take on him. Is uh, I think everything he, every, all of the things like, and granted, I haven't seen Killing the Sacred Deer, and I've only seen his English language films. So talking about the favorite, The Lobster, and Poor Things, it's like I enjoy all these movies at the level of like they are funny comedies that have cool production design and good acting in them. But I also find them, they people talk about like how Poor Things is like this is about woman in america and not, not woman in america but like being a woman in society i'm like i don't i don't think there's anything here that wasn't already like done better in barbie you know uh or like you mm-hmm. know uh, you haven't seen dog tooth no oh man i don't know if dog tooth would be your cup of tea but i definitely it's my favorite one of his movies but then i i don't know i kind of i kind of get where you're coming from um like besides for dog tooth that's not a great sentence but i'm just like i don't know his films are are so like they're like, philosophical movies i 
and and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I like agree with any of the premises of your alternate realities. I also just Dog feel Tooth like... is great because it's like obviously abusive parents can make their children do whatever they want, so I kind of buy into that. You know but, what you should do? You know, if you want to do mm. something different for the Christmas special, we just just go see the boy in the hair. Do a Christmas episode on the boy in the hair. Why not? Well, that actually that would, that would be a good idea actually. Yeah. Uh, New Year's um, special, sorry, not Christmas. This is, this is the Christmas episode. We're, we're compl- I'm complaining about your most Lanthimos. Yeah, um, we're doing... Uh, is this the Christmas episode? Not... Maybe we're already not doing the Christmas episode because we're talking about Yorgos Lanthimos. But to be clear, again, though, Poor Things is still a good movie. I just don't get... I always never understand why Yorgos Lanthimos movies are like... That's why, it, everything I was going to say is I don't get why, like, he is becoming, like, beloved by awards bodies and, like, critical, like, awarding bodies. Um... Whereas, like, Asteroid City and the French Dispatch are completely ignored, because I just feel like he comes off to me as Edgelord Wes Anderson. Like, Wes Anderson, who's afraid to have, like, emotion in his films, whereas Wes Anderson movies are dripping with emotion always. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I actually thought Poor Things had more of an emotional heart than anything I've seen of his so far, uh, which was nice, but I just don't get it. Mm. That's really it. Is I, I just don't get him. He did, He's simultaneously not... Okay, let me... Again... It's not that he's not for me. It's that he's for me as like, oh yes, this guy makes fun little comedies. I don't think there's anything beyond them being fun little comedies. Mm. Ah, uh, yeah. I th- there is. Is there not some pleasure in in photographing stars with wide angle lenses? No, actually, I find that's that that's the stuff I find really repulsive to me. I, just, I I'm done with the fisheye lens. I'm sorry, man. It's not as cool as you think it is. He, he's doing it because he can get away with it. It's not like Wes Anderson where I feel like there's actual purpose to it. Oh well. I don't know. I don't want to argue too much about it. I was I was working an event last night with some people who were I don't know. It's just you know kind of like wealthy, like what would be like the middle class wealthy New Yorkers, but that means that they own a house in Brooklyn, and it's you know how, however many millions they spent on that. But that's like middle class New York, and they were talking about like uh, I don't know their opinions about film, and I just. Like that shit drives me nuts, and I'm always like, "Who, who the fuck do you think you are, like talking about art like this?" So I, I hope, I hope when we do our discussions, like, it doesn't oh, matter. I, I hope that I, it's I like revealing about the, character. But sometimes I, I just Yorgos feel Lanthimos. like I don't know, man. Yorgos no, Lanthimos, he's off he's, doing he's, it. He's not he's, like he's changing fine. the world. Like, it's, it's, he's fine. I just don't get him. It's I'm not saying it's yeah. a him problem. It's a me problem. I don't get it. You know, like, um. Yeah. There's there's plenty of well like well done stuff in his movies that clearly I like I can watch and be like oh yeah like this is this is fun he's just not for me you know whereas like mm-hmm. Wes Anderson's like oh there's a guy for me I don't get why he's not for everyone Wes Anderson you don't get why he's not for everyone I don't get why it's, it's very specifically I don't get why Yorgos Lanthimos is apparently for everyone and Wes Anderson isn't that that's very specifically it is like I don't I don't understand how someone could see Asteroid City and be like. This movie is so pretentious and dumb and ugly and just awful. And then they see poor things going. This is amazing. I, I to me they're cut from the same cloth. I feel I you don't, you don't think that maybe like the internet is not great for that because you'll see opinions on this giant wall of text, but they're really opinions. I'm just talking about like how the Oscars poor like things going to get like ten nominations. Asteroid City's not going to get anything. I'm just talking about like that okay. type of thing. I don't. Okay, I just you can't have the like I I, yeah. I just don't understand how a large body can see poor things and love it and see Astrid City and be like, eh. mm-hmm. like they are cut from the same cloth. And also again, Astrid City to me, it's like 
mid-tier West. Like, it's a 4 out of 5 movie. Poor Things is a 3.5. They're about the same level in quality. I just don't get what makes one of them, like, a masterpiece, apparently, to most people. And the other one just be like, oh, it's West as usual. Because to me, Poor Things is like, oh, there's Yogo's Lanthimos as usual. I don't yeah. know. That's just, that's I, just I where I am. I'm really not up to date on a lot of the movies. That well, Astrid City's on Amazon. Only... Prime. Yeah, well, Prime. that's the one that, as of now, I'm caught up on because it ended up on Amazon. That's that's probably like a top five Wes Anderson to me, but I'm also uh, like... My wacky take on Asteroid City is, I think the play stuff is what I really like, and the stuff in like Asteroid City, I'm just kind of like, this is fine. But how can you separate one from the other? You don't think that like... I just don't find the stuff with Jason Schwartzman in that world emotional. People are like, the, mm-hmm. the study of grief within the world of Asteroid City is so compelling. I'm like, is it? I, I, I'm not the, I'm not compelled by that. I'm more compelled by the stuff of Adrian Brody, and uh, Brian. Well, also Brian Cranston just in general in that movie is just really fun. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I've ne- I just never watched it as though like I ever I ever I never really bought into the story of Asteroid City. It always seemed like well, but I'm saying there are so many people an extension who are... of their Sorry. the play. You know, There's even in so the way many... that people acted in Asteroid City, the the play seemed like commentary on them as actors i mean i i appreciate that viewing of the film and i think that's how i like to view the film i just know there are so many people i've talked to who's like they should have cut the play stuff and just had to be an asterisk i'm like why the play stuff is like what makes the movie really good anyway holiday, holiday time, time. <laughs> holiday time thanks for the listeners who just sat us listening to me ranting about a yorgos nephemus film that i believe goes wide when this episode comes out Hey everybody! This is the poor things episode. Uh, um. Anyway, okay. Holiday time. Buzz Lightyear Star Command TV show released on Disney Channel and ABC and everywhere that like you get your you know Disney stuff. It is a special about you know holidays, uh, holiday yeah. time. Actually, honestly. Uh, Do you think you know, that if like we what? needed to release a Christmas episode? We could just have me, who's kind of like the the more sarcastic of the two, be like, I don't get Christmas. And then you could be like, no, Mark, you have to get Christmas. And then um, Are you we saying could have XR? like Frosty the... Yeah, yeah. But then I'm saying like, if we had to really make an episode of our podcast that was like a Christmas episode, then we have like, uh, like Rudolph or some fucking guy appear. And then he's like... Oh my gosh, I can't find Santa's sleigh. And then that's like the inciting incident. And then we go on to like save Christmas together. You know, I'm just, we too could write a Christmas episode. I guess what I'm saying is that like, I liked the action in this, but I'm kind of like, what? Why the fuck does this episode exist? You know? Because they need to have this about? Christmas blocks, probably. Yeah. It is very so. I, I love the one note I like on the uh, Buzz Lightyear wiki is what cast, and then Santa's there, and it's like Santa in parentheses only appearance in the show. And it's like, oh really? Buzz never teamed up with Santa again. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know what? We I I shouldn't overlook. Okay, maybe maybe we should do like a quick like. Here's what this episode is. It's that Santa Buzz. shows up. Buzz is there, and Santa shows up to the space rangers being like buzz i need your help my shit that makes me able to deliver presents to every child in one night has been stolen or something 
And Buzz is like, okay, well, I don't believe in Santa Claus. And then he takes him back to the North Pole and then is like, oh shit, I believe in Santa Claus. And then it's around the time that evil Emperor Zerg shows no, up. No, 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 no. Like, he believes in Santa because we get a flashback so to Buzz as a child. Yeah. Where he shot a kid with a... I mean, not, not a kid. He shot a kid. He shot a, <laughs> a cat with a laser and then Santa was like, you don't get any lasers anymore. Um, and then, sad. you know, at that about, about that time, you know, you've reached 20 minutes, you've, you can have a big climax and then that's the end of it, you know, but I, I don't think we should overlook what to me was very exciting. It reminded me of like experimental movies where multiple actors will play one character. And I think too, it's like a very progressive choice to have Santa be both white and black depending on what scene it is. I you know? I think, though, that the, in a lot of ways, I think this was a, you know, we watch this on YouTube where the audio is pitched up. Cause I, I keep wanting to be like, oh, Patrick Warburton is unrecognizable as Buzz. This is such a great voice performance. And I remember, wait, but I'm listening to, like, pitched up so YouTube doesn't take it down. So I can't really, really yeah. even judge his performance. I think, I well, I think that he is, he, it is a good performance as as uh, Tim Allen, because I even he doesn't do the Patrick right. Warburton thing. He do like, Patrick right. Warburton like he doesn't hey. do, like you. He go. He does that sometimes, but you can definitely to, tell that he's like doing Tim Allen. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, and then yeah. as all we said in the Buzz Lightyear Star Command Adventure begins starring Tim Allen episode. Wayne Knight as Zerg is a such a pleasure always. Yeah, definitely. I like to. I mean, I, I, I am, I am always a little like enticed by having Santa have some kind of sci-fi rationale for the way he works, and I feel like it's fun when there is some kind of space mission to, you know, make Santa work or something like that. It's always fun to see how they scientifically justify Santa somehow, but I, I just don't, I just don't think that. I don't know. In the future, it, Santa has become a homogenized holiday. Okay, I gotta point out. I just noticed on the uh, on the Buzz Lightyear Wikipedia. I don't think they do refer to it as Christmas because the Wikipedia has a whole article for the holiday and not like the Jack Black Kate Winslet film. It's the holiday is an annual celebration for all cultures that everyone brings together to give everyone hope. Which to me means that in the future, Santa, like Christmas, has homogenized all the other holidays, like pop music in Trolls 2, where it's an evil force in a way because people only believe in the holiday. I think it's unfortunate that there is a lack of booster in this episode. Don't you think that that is like a more obvious Christmas, like you've got to believe this thing instead of it being... Mira Nova, who's the one who's like, oh, we have to all believe in Santa Claus. They should have made it so, like, her ghost powers work because of believing in Santa. And then it was just yeah. become something that's canon with the entire show. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, the sleigh runs on belief. Ch I, never, I didn't actually get that part, where at the very end he's like, Booster, you believe more than anyone, don't you? And there's never a turn from Booster. He just keeps saying, no, I don't believe. And then Santa keeps saying XR? that he believes. Oh, yeah, 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 to XR. But then, Booster and then he is says, just in this episode. 
Let's be yeah, real. Booster, Booster and Mira Booster don't do much during this at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but he he just keeps saying to XR like, "No, you believe, you believe." And then he he has the belief meter on the sleigh goes up, and that's what makes it go. But there's never a moment where we get to see XR being like, "Oh, I I do believe more now." <laughs> I just I find that funny. Uh, my favorite part of the episode is when Zerg wins. We get the cool lighting, and it's like Zerg's mm. Buzz is like, "Don't worry, I beat you." And Zerg's like, "Oh, did you? Now let's go to celebrate the holiday because I've destroyed Santa's time stopper." Yeah, the, and Zerg does a... just run away, and they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and there was a cool moment. There are a lot of interesting animation moments in this, like when Buzz is looking at his little wrist communicator. And then the camera pans up his arm to his face for the reaction instead of just doing a 180 cut. That's like, seems very hard to do. Let's but very... they did it because they love it, us. Let's be real here. This, this, this particular episode of the podcast is a good, good chance for us to see if we can eventually cover the Buzz Lightyear show on the podcast. I feel like watching this episode made it pretty clear to me that that is not a, a route we can go down. No. <laughs> because, like, it was, it was alright for a one-time thing. But I watching all 65 episodes and it was like, oh, okay, this was, like, a fun little show with probably some cool action animation, but neither of us are equipped to do a show about this. <laughs> Trying to talk about know. differences in the episodes. I mean, man, is anyone? What would... I don't even know what you would, like... You, you could begin to talk about with this, you know? Uh, there are people who do, like, shows about, like, action cartoons that don't have much of a plot, like Ben 10. Uh-huh. Like, this is definitely, like, in the vein of, like, the original Ben 10 show. But... Yeah. Like... But I... Yeah, we aren't I mean, those I don't people. Know. We aren't the people who would want to listen to a show like that or do a show like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we could talk about the Chub Chubs. Uh, they have I mean, a Christmas episode. What do you, what? Let's just, let's just you, talk hmm? one more time about how nice the Matrix is. And how the cool Matrix it is, is great. This becomes the Matrix for like five minutes. I love the Matrix. That might be my actual like thing that I do for Christmas is I'll, I'll put some pizza in the oven and watch the Matrix. Oh, four of them? I don't know. I haven't watched uh, Resurrections since it came out again, just because it was kind of. I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. This isn't like. It's not like pleasant in the way that the original trilogy is pleasant. It's, it's like a much angrier movie. But it's also it's much more heartfelt like, movie. This is what I'm here to say. What yeah, it's it, a heartfelt movie, but I it's felt? not like. I saw, I saw a tweet earlier about it today because I think it's the um, anniversary. Um, but I just mean that, like, it's not like you can put it on and, and be chilling and watching some robots um, shoot at uh, other robots and stuff like that. It's much more about, like, this is what it all means. So it's fun to, you know, sit down and think about it. It's not like something that meant something so much to people like me and turned to something trivial. That's what the Matrix does it weaponizes every idea, every dream, everything that's important to us. What a, what a line! What a movie! The Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. The Matrix Resurrections. I just remember there's a point in that movie. I don't even remember what the exact thing. I think it's when they're like, I think he's like on the bike with Trinity at the end trying to escape like the multiple Neil Patrick Harris's or whatever. And the Matrix theme just blares. I just remember feeling like intense chills. I think yeah. it's like 
maybe the bike gets like flipped and like they hold each other's hands or something. I don't know. I also remember leaving that movie and the people in front of me going, well, that's dumb. It was just about the power of saving everything. I was like, that's what all these movies are about, you fool. You haven't seen The Matrix then recently. Yeah. Um... I, answer, I remember I answered a poll leaving The Matrix, like the cinema score poll. And I was the only one very excited about it. The other people doing it heard me like fill out my responses and they're like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> You like yeah. that well, shit. <laughs> like the Matrix Resurrections is like designed to get a bad cinema score. Yeah, because it very purposely has bad action. Or rather, I guess it's just that uh, it's Lana who did that one, right? Not Lily. It's Lana who did it, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think she outright like did not care, which is fine because that's not that movie's focus. And if you want good yeah. action, yeah. Reloaded exists. Well, and yeah, I mean that's and Buzz Lightyear Star Command Holiday Time. Yeah. And the Chub Chubs save Christmas. I hate the Chub Chubs save Christmas. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't like the constant joke where someone's excited about something and then they get like smashed by something I else. Hate cynicism at Christmas. I can be cynical yeah. the rest of the year. You know what yeah. I watched recently? What my play? It's a Wonderful Life. It's, it's a Wonderful Life. What yeah. a great! What a great little. Movie. Greatest Christmas great movie ever made. Movie. Besides maybe The Muppet Christmas Carol. The Muppet Christmas Carol I have so much respect for, and yet I don't I don't know if I enjoy watching it, because it's kind of like it's paced like such a serious film. There goes and... Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grimm. And there yeah. was a prize for being mean. The answer would be him. That's a better rhyme than anything in Wish. Yeah. Which can't well, I hear that's not difficult. Yeah. Did I give my rant on here about there's, like, one line in Wish that drives me insane? I forget. Uh, well, I don't know if you have, but I've heard this rant, like, five times. I'm sure one of them was on mic. Even if it's not, I don't know if I can okay. deal with with hearing I it I just wanted to say February. Time. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Mark. No, no, that's that's okay. I'm just letting you know. I just didn't know. remember if I told you the line that was in the movie proper that wasn't in the marketing. But it's Okay. It's the one about it's, rent, right? No, it's not. That's just a line that's stupid in writing. I'm saying they rhymed the word February with celebrary. Like, so, it's supposed to be celebratory, but they said celebrary. And it got me very oh. upset. <laughs> got Weird. Because that's not a word. That's, the, that's all. <laughs> but you're right. I have complained about the rent line a lot. Mm -hmm. I need to become more joyous in this Christmas season. Like the Chub Chubs. Yeah, the Chub Chubs find joy. They like eating things. And I think the Chub Chubs also just frustrate me. Because the entire joke of them is either, one, they're cute but they eat things, or two, they sing pop songs. And I think that these two things are like very clear why I'd be annoyed by them, even in 2007. Because this is what like everything has become in bad children's media. Yep. Is they sing yep. pop songs and they're cute, but they're not. They're bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right, I get yeah. it. You know, like I, I don't know. It's it's kind. Of, you know what? I'm I'm kind of like in a dour mood today, is because I'm getting a lot of trailers in different things for like family movies coming out around the Christmas season, and they all make me so angry. Like the like the bird one. I'm, yeah, and I'm like. Uh, this this like I don't know I don't want to I don't want to get like hyperbolically sad on air but 
it's it's the kind of thing that I'm just like, what is the point? You know? <laughs> I mean, I think about that all the time when I see stuff like uh, oh, like the second biggest movie of the year being Mario, right? It's like, uh, or yeah. like Peach well, is getting a like, Oscar like buzz. Like what? Anyway, maybe maybe we should the call it a day. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say one other thing about the Chup Chups. Okay. I personally always find it so... Have I told... I think I've told this story on the podcast before about how my dad didn't let me go see Elf in theaters because he thought it was disrespectful to Santa Claus. Um, okay. And if I haven't told that story before, well, that's the whole gist of the story. Uh, there's really nothing else to it. Um, no, you, you've, you've definitely told that story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And I always say, like, my dad's ridiculous to say that, right? Like, that's so silly to say. But then I see something like this where it's like Santa is, like, doing an intergalactic, like, infomercial about how he can grant wishes to people who are nice to him. And I go, like, this is, like, actually disrespectful to Santa. <laughs> like, if you're a yeah. child watching this, and it's like, look at how Santa's, like, a jerk. It's just, like... This sucks. This is lame. I feel like Santa in, like, the Buzz Lightyear special is still, like, kind of, like, a little cringy. Like, all right, this is, like, what a cool Santa is supposed to be. But I feel like it still, like, isn't a basic level of, like, okay, like, they're trying, you know? Like, I'm not bothered by the Buzz Santa, though I am buzzed by, bothered by Jeffrey Tambor's Chub Chub Santa. Mm-hmm. That's all I want you know to say. My sin is that I like his voice. Jeffrey Tambor's? Yeah, I need to watch. I really enjoy him as the announcer on the Larry Sanders show. You know, on the, and... um, that show I was obsessed with in, um, college, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, he's in the first mm. two seasons and he gets canceled and they replace him with Keith David. Um, oh, cool. And, and to be clear, though, when he gets replaced, one of the characters is like, why is your voice different? And he's just like, I want to admit, like, Keith David can pull off the, like, because he plays like a like a magic character, like clearly like a genie like type of thing, like an archetype that's like very much just a magic person. So it's like I just wanted to change my voice, and of course Keith David can sell that line perfectly because it's Keith David. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like I feel like if you're a kid watching, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, like that makes sense because it's Keith. Like also, let's be Keith David. I feel like is a bit of a better voice than Jeffrey Tambor. Hot take. I just I just there's something about the music of his voice that. Tambor or I, I David? Enjoy. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, right? I mean, I think Keith, Keith David is so good that I think he often disappears into parts he plays. But listening to this Santa, I was like, where have I heard that voice before? And it was Jeffrey Tambor. It's, he, he's just got that... There's, you know, something about him that is... It's just an interesting person. But, hey, all right. yeah. that's, this is our Christmas special. We're sorry... I'm sorry. I feel like it's a very low energy Christmas special because yeah. Well, I don't know what to. Do. I, we this was watched. a bad idea. We shouldn't. Have, we shouldn't have done these. Next year we'll do something else. Well, maybe we'll do VeggieTales again. I think getting really we, excited about childhood memories of VeggieTales is a bit better than what we did this time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's like for whatever we we really uh, this okay. No, so no one knows what we're going to do for New Year's. Yes, but we're going to talk about it, and we're going to come in like feeling good well i'm excited for the new year's talk because be. what I'm, I'm just i don't know i'm kind of rambling on oh well i've okay yeah we, who knows what christmas and new year's will be it could be wonka it could be the boy and the heron it could be chicken run two personally i feel like of these options probably the boy and the heron is actually our best because i feel like we'd both be excited to talk about it um yeah but i will want to 
find a way to rewatch that before I talk about because I saw it in October. Um, are you are you like fully Miyazaki'd up now? Yes, I I watched them all this year. That's another reason okay. I'd like to rewatch it because a part of me like leaving it was like that's the best one yet, but then it's also like well you should probably like watch it away from the festivals to see if you're confident about that, you know? Like, um, yeah. I also want to check out the dub because I saw it in Japanese and I'm very curious about the R. Pat's performance. Yeah. I've actually been kind of waiting on, been kind of waiting on the dub because like, obviously I want to hear it in Japanese, but it is like, I don't know anything about this movie except for Robert Pattinson's voice performance, which I have heard and I do care about. It seems interesting. I will so. point out though, that the performance oh. he's doing is just, Kind of the same voice the Japanese actor's doing, who's of the same age and like, I don't know if he's like super famous, but I think he is. Well, like, yeah, but it's just not something. I mean, Robert Pattinson has a very interesting, hard to pin down should voice. We, should we just commit no to Boy in the Heron right now? I feel like that's no, no, no. Okay, all right. We're we're going to record another episode, but well, in, in we're going to record that episode in like twenty four hours, so I guess we have to like think about this a little bit. Yeah, but next, I'm, next I don't time wanna, we'll, I don't want to we'll commit, commit to anything because that's a mistake. In next week's episode, we're actually not going to do our New Year's episode because again, scheduling right now is tough. It's the holidays, yeah. and we can schedule the episode that we're going to do after. So we're just going to swap them. And honestly, it makes more sense for our New Year's special to be the first episode of 2024 rather than like an episode that we'll release like on December what. 29 i think 28 whatever yeah it is. gosh so, darn it so anyway so next time we will be taking a detour to the other big bomb of the pixar directors attempting live action that is brad burt's tomorrowland a film i remember seeing and despising when i saw it in 2015 i have not revisited since then it's gotten some um reclamation since then so i'm curious how it holds up maybe i will mm -hmm. like it more now that i won't be at that age where i'm just offended by a film's message and refuses to engage it beyond that um are we are we both agreed we're going to give this episode a lump of coal uh yeah i don't know i was gonna be like trying to go something clever with the chub chubs but like i don't know i i Honestly, I feel like if I just watched Buzz, I might have come in a little more positive, but since I had just watched the Chub Chub Save Maximus right before <laughs> this, I was just kind of like, Ugh, can I just talk about poor things instead? Yeah, <laughs> and how I don't like Yorgo Slampamos, even though I do like him. I just don't love him. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it is. You have to have the holiday that you want to have. Someday I want to talk about the Triangle of Sadness, because... <sighs> Bad movie. I don't know. I know you Ruben Ostlund is a, a good director that made one movie I like. A movie I hate, and mm -hmm. I haven't seen any of his movies, so it's really funny for me to like put him in a pension hole when I have some triangle sadness and force mature. So. Oh, you haven't even seen the one that I think is his best movie. Or, I, I mean, swear. the one that I like the most. I'm probably like super not aware of his. I swear. But anyway, this is the end. <laughs> We're gonna, let's, let's get excited for Tomorrowland. Uh, yeah, tomorrow we also have a guest, by the way, which will be we do have a, a guest. new a new guest. So in this time, we'll remember to ask him the question. Yes, so we'll <laughs> give him the questions. Looking for the ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. The show is edited by Christmas Elves. Christmas Elves. Yes. I think I'll do this one. It's kind of a quick turnaround. Mark is a um, Christmas elf. Yeah, he is as and tall as Will Ferrell. Am I? I'm not as tall as Will Ferrell. How tall Will are Ferrell's you? Will has got to be shorter than me. I'm 6'7". 
Oh, yeah, he's shorter than you. Uh, yeah. But I think he is tall. Um, he's, like, taller than me, I think. He's 6'3". He's yeah, taller he's, than you. I don't think you're... He's 6'3". You're, you're, like, tall in the world, but I don't know if you... You know, this is something that actually, like, always comes up, is I'll be like, I'm so short, because I always think about, in college, like, being next to you all the time, and next to Julius, and Julius is, like, maybe, like, an inch or two taller than me. He's not, like, a lot taller than me, like you, but I'm always next to you guys, so I'm just like, yeah, I'm short, and everyone's always just like, shut up, you're not short, Danny. You're above average height. I'm like, no, nah, I'm short. Trust me. All my friends are taller than me. I don't, I don't know. You know, anyway, the artwork was designed by Sarah Knopf. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I moved. I went back to the holiday time page when I was talking. You can follow us on on Facebook at, on social media on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, Twitter at Pixar Journey, and on our website Looking for the Ocean Pixar You can find me on markyoungperformer.com and myounginsta. And I'm going, now I'm going to be advertising the new show that I'm going to be in, Mr. Marmalade. It's going up in mid-January. It's going to be in an apartment in Brooklyn. And tickets are available now. Get tickets, get tickets, get tickets. It's going to be a great show, but seating is limited. I'm, but don't feel weird because, like, if you see it, then you'll be cool. And if people don't see it, then we'll do another show. But uh, uh, I'm going to post that link on my Instagram. But get tickets for that. You can follow me, Danny, at Blank Mints on Letterboxd. It's Christmas season, so I'm, I'm sure I'm watching some Christmas stuff. I don't know. Actually, you know what? Very, very exciting moment. Um, uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to share it on this podcast because it's weirdly personal. And I don't think it's very cool to share. But I did reach a milestone recently, and I'm watching a ton of movies, basically, on Letterboxd. So very exciting, very fun. Um, mm. and it's, you know, it's the holiday season, so I'm trying to catch all the Oscar stuff, too, which is pretty cool. And again, there's a poor things we've got to just put up. I know I've seen Ferrari by the time this episode's out, so see my Ferrari take. And I have another show called The Snub Club, where we talk about the movies that the most Oscar nominations and the wins. We're actually in a very exciting spot right now, because our last episode was the film that has the record for that, The Turning Point. And then the episode that comes out on Christmas, because I think this episode's coming out on the 22nd, right? It's coming out on Friday? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so on Christmas, we're going to put up our Christmas episode, which is about the other film that has the most Oscar nominations and no one's, like, overall. And that's The Color Purple, because we watched it to, because the remake's coming out. We watched the original Spielberg one. So, if you want to ever see I'm movies excited. that have the most Oscar nominations and no wins, those are the two Turning Point and Color Purple. Alright, we'll see you next time. I'm excited for Tomorrowland. It's a movie that I know nothing about, so I'm really, like, live action knows what's gonna happen let's do this all right bye all bye Merry christmas happy holidays happy, christmas. I mean. happy the holiday happy holiday time <laughs> holiday time <laughs>